0: Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline
1: Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV Movie. Plus, you're going to hear my interview with Richard Madden from Bodyguard and Dominic's interview with Bob Odenkirk from Better Call Saul at our annual Emmy Contenders event.
0: But before we get there, as Peter said, we're going to talk about Best Actress in a Limited Series or TV Movie. What's interesting is last year, of course, winner was Regina King for Seven Seconds, who then won an Oscar for being in Beale
1: Street. After winning Emmys the previous two years, too. I mean, there's nothing she doesn't win lately. Which which is
0: fortunate (laughs) she's
1: not eligible this year because she's so fantastic.
0: Fortunate for people who might be competing against her because they might actually have a chance. (laughs) Along with Regina, none of the nominees from this year are eligible, actually. But there are a number of heavy hitters going to be definitely nominated and many of them one of them for sure is going to win among a cast of equals in many different ways yeah so unlike a lot of times when we talk about this pete several people who i know that you think could win are
1: actually probably on the list yes they really are on the list and you know the front runner coming into this Has to be Patricia Arquette for *Escape at Dannemora* because she's already won the Golden Globe, the SAG Award, and the Critics' Choice Award in the earlier television awards uh, when this uh, uh, limited series came out and was seen, and she just swept everything. And she's extraordinary. I mean, she put on. 40 pounds for this. She's wearing brown contact lenses, which she's never worn before. She had prosthetic teeth put in, which is very difficult, and she transformed herself. But it's the performance in playing this real-life person, Tilly Mitchell, Joyce Mitchell, who uh, helped these uh, two prisoners escape after supposedly having sex with them and all of that. Well,
0: I mean, supposedly
1: she's well, in jail for she it. She says didn't. she didn't. The real person, you know. So I, I you know. I mean, I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I, you know, as, as
0: the person who handles most of Deadline's legal uh, yeah. coverage, I, you know, many, many times when I write about court filings or cases, I have to use the word "alleged." That's what. Once wow. you've been convicted and go to jail for it and <laughs> remain behind bars for yeah, it, the words well,
1: "alleged" do start to slip out of the sentence. That's it. Actually, I was talking to Patricia Arquette, and she mentioned that she did and chose not to meet with her, even if she would have met with her. Because she says she's very litigious, number one, and she tends to uh, tell the story from her own point of view, so you don't know what the truth is. Patricia Arquette said, "I'm trying to get at the truth of the matter here in other ways," and she really did. And and it's a critically acclaimed performance. She tied. And she,
0: she's also probably going to be. She's going to be submitted as a supporting actress for for, for, for the, act. the act for the act. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so she's all over the place right now, and that's another transformative. Now this is interesting
0: too, because in in this category. Joey King will definitely be nominated I think definitely will be nominated oh, yeah. it's, it's got to be awkward for yeah.
1: her going against her and she loves Joey King she talks so highly of her but I, it does appear that they will definitely be competing against I think, each I other. think
0: whoever wins they should on stage just throw down dice it's, <laughs> the, it's the only way to say
1: but then yeah. see you've got people you've got well, Amy Adams for well, they did throw Rockies. down dice at the Critics' Choice Awards they won together Patricia yeah. Arquette and Amy Adams they tied that shows how close this could be yeah. Amy Adams is wonderful in sharp objects, but she sat at most of these award shows losing to Patricia Arquette so far this year. Well, and,
0: it'll uh, be very, you know, this year to look at. And of course, you've got Michelle Williams for Fossey oh uh, Verdon. She's yeah. so
1: brilliant as Gwen Verdon. You think you're watching Gwen Verdon. There is no end to the talent of Michelle Williams. I, everything I've seen well, her. That's, in. that's incredibly unbiased of you, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you, she, she, well, watch out for Michelle Williams here because. Well, that, I mean, that's yeah. the thing about this show. I mean, yeah.
0: I, of course, Bob Fosse being the famous director, award-winning yeah. director of Cabaret and, and, and all that jazz. And, of course, Gwen Vernon being his, his wife, but also one of the greatest talents to ever be on Broadway. And let's be honest, the person who basically did co-direct ca- Cabaret with him and many of his, o- his other works as well and never received the credit. Yeah. Sam Rockwell as Bob Fosse, Michelle Williams here as, as Gwen. You know, these are roles almost constructed for award season recognition. Yeah. Well. And and in this, I, I just don't see how she doesn't make the cut.
1: Yeah, I don't either. I but, mean- so, But yeah, to right.
0: that, here's the thing though. It, it, so if we talk about Patricia Arquette, yeah. we talk about Amy Adams, right. right? We talk about Michelle Williams. We're now down to only a couple of slots. Joey left. King.
1: Well, okay, Joey King. So now yeah. we're down to one slot. Maybe left. two. Okay,
0: so yeah. who, who, who could be that?
1: Well, you know what? Television stars sometimes are recognized here because TV voters uh, like their own. And in this case, you've got a couple of them. Juliana Margulies, back in the hot zone, is very well liked by her peers here. And this is a another true story, another True character that she's playing here, real person, uh, and very good in the Hot Zone. So I would wouldn't count her out. Or Connie Britton, that's a really harrowing show, D- Dirty John, and, yeah, and what she very goes much through, so. very much very so, very transformative. She goes through with this guy who she doesn't know who he is. Uh, she's well liked too; has had numerous Emmy nominations, as has Juliana Margulies. Uh, one in her person career. I think
0: who's been who's been overlooked, and again, I, I think it's sometimes because of where things are shown, PBS, um, is Ruth mm-hmm. Wilson. Who many of us know from The Affair or from Luther and other things like this. Broadway. She she really stepped out of almost everything else in her career to concentrate on Miss Wilson. Primarily because the story that is told in that of multiple families and betrayal and what have you is of her family.
1: Yeah. And it's a quite just an amazing. That's why it's called Mrs. Wilson. It's qu-
0: well, I don't think a lot of people
1: realize that. Uh, though, I had right? no idea. Yeah. I thought it was a typo when I actually oh, Or, or that it, it was just <laughs> like,
0: oh, that just happens to be the name of the character. Yeah. Right? And I
1: was like, oh, actor's name is Kennedy, and it's right.
0: a film called The Kennedys, right? Um, but no, and, and I'm not gonna go into the plot too much, but it is very personal. And it right. is very, very, very revealing of, of her own family. And yeah. I, unfortunately, I don't think it has received the attention it should because she is magnificent in it. Yeah. Ma- absolutely magnificent. And I, I wonder if the hope that she will have above, beyond being recognized for her sheer talent in this is people will recognize her from other stuff like Luther and The Affair and kind of feel like, oh, well, that's someone I like. But I really mm-hmm. think that she, unfortunately, has been overlooked so far. I mean— yeah. Emmy season is early, so there's much further to go, and maybe that spotlight will turn on her. It certainly should, because Miss Wilson is a show that people should not have missed first time around, and if they did, they should definitely check it out now.
1: Well, you really got a heavyweight lineup here, Emma Stone in Maniac. How about her, you know, she's a big name.
0: But what's interesting here is this year, Sarah Paulson, is ineligible for this category. Because because, she played the same
1: role previously. But
0: also, because American Horror Story and American Crime Story are, uh, well, American Horror Story is now considered a drama series, because what was once an anthology, or in this case, a limited series, they, they just can't they can't keep perpetuating the myth there. I mean, it's clear, it's the same
1: show. And they're all back playing same characters from the first season, and so that is the real problem, and they can't do that and claim they're an anthology. So that has taken her out of the running here.
0: It's interesting because I think, you know, as we talk so much about this era of peak TV, there's now, a maturation process happening, where the, the academy and and the system itself is now kind of catching up to the realities, and where people where things were like, oh, it's just an, a, a limited series. It's like, but it's back for a second season. Like, yeah. you know big, <laughs> know, big Lies is yeah. one of those, right? It's like yeah. that. It, that's going to have to change completely yeah. come next year when season two will be be eligible for the the Emmys.
1: But uh yeah well you know I mean that's uh, when does that uh, air uh, mm, Big Little later Lines. this spring early this summer okay so uh, so we have to wait all that time to see wait if we're all that go time to see Meryl, to see Meryl <laughs> Street to see Meryl, take Meryl on Street <laughs> <laughs> that's me. ah, so you got the line there yeah. Dominic that's you stole my line that's but there's one is. other person like Meryl Streep here we haven't talked about and that is Helen the Great. Helen Mirren playing oh, Catherine you the Great. save that line? I'm waiting to say that. Just <laughs> Helen...
0: remember, before you praise Helen
1: Mirren too much,
0: my friend, yeah. she is in the Fast and the Furious off Hobbs and Shaw. No, she's so an remember that. Exactly. You know she can
1: do action. That's why people love her. She can do everything, and then go after Netflix at CinemaCon like she did, and just kept that crowd captivated, just like she does TV viewers, movie viewers. I think she's and crazy. Pete Hammond. Yes. Clearly. yes, I love Helen Mirren. I think she's great. I, think she's I don't.
0: don't think Helen Mirren I mean look there's always there's always the Brit pick there always is And, and that's just the way the Emmys and many other things work I, I don't think her performance of Catherine the Great on HBO I, I just don't think it had the traction right. for this. I think if she gets out there and campaigns hard, people love it. I mean, it's yeah. true. I love Helen Mirren. You love Helen yeah. Mirren. My grandmother loves Helen Mirren. Everyone yeah. loves Helen Mirren. But I don't feel like I feel like they love Mirren, Helen Mirren. Yeah. I don't feel like they're like oh Catherine the Great. Uh, no. I mean, you I don't know, know the maybe story. Maybe, maybe they didn't want you know they don't. Watch, then again, you know. I don't know how many people watch HBO Go or HBO Now, and there's a lot of feedback that can come out of that. Yeah,
1: I think HBO's going to have a very good year this year. They've got so much interesting stuff they're back you know obviously with game of thrones and veep and all the series here and they've got a lot of good um kind of movie stuff and uh you know i don't know yeah. I, you know sharp objects uh amy adams is so good in that you know i just hope they give her a due i am sick of amy adams sitting at these award shows and not getting up there to make a speech you know after oh. a while they've just six nominations now for oscars and she has not won and uh, and now she goes into television somebody like amy adams <laughs> Well, I'm just doing television, so I'm obviously going to win an Emmy. And then what if she doesn't? That's a shame, you know? And I love Amy Adams. So, Amy, I'm, I'm rooting well, for you, You too. love Amy Adams. You love Michelle
0: Williams. You love Helen I love Mary. Patricia Arquette. A lot of love there, my I friend. do. I, 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 all but what these. about Bodyguard and Richard
1: Madden? Oh, yeah. Well, he's not in this category. But no, yeah. but, you, did, but, but you, had, you had a very good chat with him. I, I, I did. Richard Madden is the hottest thing going right now. Between Bodyguard, he's in the movie Rocket Man. We talked about all of this uh, when I sat down with him. And of course, we talked about Game of Thrones, where he famously uh, was done in a few seasons ago. And he had choice things to say about that as well. Are you surprised at the success that Bodyguard had, even in its first season uh, when it ran in England? Mm-hmm. It became one of the
2: biggest rating successes, just like a, an out-of-the-box phenomenon. I know, it still doesn't sound real when you say it, but uh, yeah, it's kind of strange, especially when it went from, because it was on weekly in, in Britain first, so kind of when the ratings were going up every week, you were like, oh, this should crash and burn at some point, and and it didn't, and you're like, oh, right, okay, it's done okay. So it's kind of yeah. been thrilling and exciting. as you know, a lot of people worked really hard on it, so I'm just thrilled that we're getting the payoff of, of people watching it. Well, it's it's
1: a, it's very cinematic in its own way, too. I mean, the right from the opening of that, you're on the edge of your seat. Most TV series don't grab you that fast, mm-hmm. and this one with that whole terrorism thing that you're doing was ex- just beautifully made. I don't know, there was something about the pacing, mm-hmm. the way it was. Your performance with the actress playing the um, terrorist who was about to blow herself and everybody else up.
2: Was quite amazing. I can't imagine the intensity that that took. to It was intense. To... And she's a wonderful, wonderful actress. Thank God we had such good kind of dynamic together. And it's it's tough. It's a cold twenty minute open. You know, it's yeah. like a hard <laughs> cold open, but uh, kind of anxiety inducing. Luckily, we shot it at the end of everything. There was a scheduling thing, so that's the last thing we shot of anything. So by then, you were kind of run down exhausted and anxious enough as it was i think that kind of all fed in and helped everyone kind of make this dynamic that we got
1: yeah it's a really complex character david budd is i think and must be really rewarding to play somebody like that that you know
2: the audience can look at him in many different ways and not be quite sure what they're seeing. absolutely i think that's and that's how i looked at him as well i think that's what made him so interesting when i first read it that you don't know if he's good or bad or what is his moral compass where it lies there's all these gray zones and they constantly change So i think that's what makes it quite exciting to watch is is not knowing what he's going to do next you can't really predict him
1: yeah extraordinary in all all the ways of this series even though it's only you know it's it's limited did you have any intention when you started it that this would go beyond what you were doing, or did you just assume this was a beginning, middle, and end, and that you're done with this character? I
2: assumed that it was a beginning, middle, and <laughs> end, and then kind of delved into it. I'm still kind of living with him, and hopefully we're going to go on and make another another series of it, which is what we're, we're hoping to do. Um, but it's one of those things that, you know, during shooting of it, you didn't realize, you know, what was going on with this man, but kind of the further we got, the deeper we got into this character, and he becomes really fascinating. Jed kind of me a runway to kind of make this this character and we really kind of flew with it i think were you sad to die on game of thrones um i was i was sad to leave my family behind yeah, <laughs> yeah spend more time with mom screen mother then I do my own mother, my on-screen <laughs> friends and your own friends. So this is your family, you know, yeah. so that was it. But I was very, I was ready to go. I always knew I'd be um, be leaving the show at the end of season three. And, and that's five years of my life, which is, is another interesting thing as an actor of of how long is too long to be playing a part. I'm looking at some of my friends that are, are ten years in now, and I'm going, wow, this is, you've really, Changed over the show and growing as an actor, and I was I was ready to kind of um, say goodbye after three seasons and say thank you. I'll have a brilliant death and I'll go and explore other things. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very good (laughs) death.
0: And from Richard Madden, in Bodyguard I take someone who probably is going to in future seasons need a bodyguard and certainly did in Breaking Bad, which of course is the great Bob Odenkirk. Better Call Saul is getting closer and closer to actually bumping heads with the canon of Breaking Bad, and I spoke to Bob about that and when. And his recognition that he was really a part of something special dawned on him at our Contenders Emmys event earlier this year. I'm gonna give away something, okay? Bob says something to me that I, I, I'm blown away about. You talked about how you felt like a guest on Breaking Bad for the rest of your life. And to me, like you were Breaking Bad for many of us. I mean, of course there were That's, the guys, but what, what you did with, with, with Saul Goodman transformed that show. And you've done it here with this, a show that, you know, it's, it's, I mean, they say like, man, there's like one or two, there's like Godfather one and Godfather two are as good as each other. Yeah, and yeah.
3: I, you kind of done it with this one. Well, I mean, I think, like thank you, you for can the can applaud for that. I appreciate Better the compliment, compliment. Yeah. I really do it's huge because breaking bad was a kind of a perfect show and so wonderfully done and and on top of the fact that it it capitalized on it literally it fit the moment in technology that's <laughs> crazy to create a show with all those cliffhangers and then it comes at a time when people discover streaming and and have the technology to suddenly do the thing they'd never been able to do just when you're in our, your second or third season with was where breaking bad really took off um but yeah i felt like a guest on breaking bad i that core group aaron anna betsy um uh brian brian and <laughs> and, and dean and dean that to me was a show and i was guesting and popping in and, and nobody knew how long it would last i was asked to do three or four episodes and I could only do three because I was doing How I Met Your Mother on the week of their fourth. And because I was doing How I Met Your Mother, they had to invent the character of Mike to, to handle the plot choice they needed to make in Breaking Bad. So Mike wouldn't have existed if I hadn't played <laughs> a character on How I Met Your Mother. So it always, thank you, CBS programmers. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> thank you, all credit to CBS for Better Call Saul. What? Okay. Um, now, how are you
0: feeling? Now, you know, you guys have had a tremendous run over four seasons. The y- show has given a whole new look at this world, but you're getting very close, like very close now. Now the name change is happening. Yeah. It, you're getting close to being the beginning of Breaking Bad. Well, I can't wait. And we see in the can't movie, wait. So, so- I can't wait to have
3: Jimmy and uh, Saul interacting with Lalo and Nacho and this is not a spoiler because I don't know what happens in the upcoming season. I only know the first episode, which I've read, but I, I've got to tell you my gut is this is gonna, this is gonna become a very quick snowball effect of of these characters and these stories coming together. I can't promise, but my gut is this whole thing is just gonna very quickly come together because two, they, we have a lot of story to tell, you know. Uh, in that first episode with Saul, where he, Walter White and and Jesse Pinkman have him on his knees in front of the freshly dug dug grave, and they and he's saying, "Is this about Lalo? Is this Nacho?" And we, we have to get all that logic has to make sense, and uh, so I can just feel it bubbling up, and I and I can't wait for this season. And I I've been amazed at the audience's willingness to watch Jimmy flounder a bit uh, in his Tiny bit. in his desperation to please Chuck and now uh, his desire will be to you know obviously he wants to stay connected to Kim he loves Kim and in some ways they're a great couple but i think everybody who knows the show knows that they kind of can't that can't last it just can't uh, i they're they're, they're <laughs> where they're headed it would just be too unpleasant for her. <laughs> he wouldn't give a shit. He'd that, just that, be that, happy that's that's to not, be that's with that's her. You bring up that because this last season,
0: you know, this was the season following the death of Michael's Chuck. Yeah, yeah. And and that was, you know, and, and we can all give a round of applause for Michael. Michael McKean. Michael McKean. So great. So great so, in But the that show. relationship between those siblings was so much one of the core pivots of the yes. series. Oh, and, yes. Oh, yeah. And you kind of had to fly, fly solo in this yeah. season going yeah. forward. For you as an actor, having worked so much with Michael and you and Michael developing their relationships and mm-hmm. those characters, what was that, how was the, the season four different?
3: Oh, um, season four was, you know, there was a lot of energy that uh, the character, his, his brother died at the end of season three and season four was kind of this, trying to discover you know how would that affect him and um, he really compartmentalized it and it kind of I think twisted his psyche a little bit but also I think he felt like he discovered something amazing about how one, the wonders of compartmentalization <laughs> if someone who made you unhappy in the in the case of Chuck he desperately wanted to please his brother and he just never was going to. If someone like that leaves your life in a good way or a bad way, you can just take all those feelings and stuff them in a bag and lock it in a box and throw it in the bottom of the ocean and, and carry on and be really uh, upbeat and energetic as you saw here. He's like, I know who I am now. I'm this shitty guy. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Thanks for listening to the Deadline Podcast
0: TV Talk. Now make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, everyone, because you don't want to miss an episode, and you don't want to miss later on this year when Pete and I are
1: going to have to eat crow about everything we got wrong. (laughs) Yes, well, maybe you will. And, of course, you can find all of our Emmy-breaking news coverage at
3: Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon.